0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Riley Redgate, author of the new novel Alone Out Here. Amy Kaufman, author of The Aurora Cycle and the Elementals Trilogy, wrote about Alone Out Here, utterly absorbing and packed with heart, action, and questions that lingered long past the final page. I read it in a single day. Riley, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's great to be here.
0: Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Alone Out Here, how would you describe the novel?
1: Yeah, um, I can give a little uh, elevator pitch sort of a situation. Um, so the very, very short, short version um, is it was sort of pitched as a Lord of the Flies in space situation, um, which I think is basically accurate. Um, The long and short of it is it's set in the year 2072, um, in the shadow of a forthcoming climate disaster that'll be triggered by a volcanic eruption. Um, And so in anticipation of this event, um, the world's leaders and scientists and engineers have been rallying together, or trying to, um, in an attempt to build a a, a fleet of generation spaceships, um, which will get or are meant to get at least a percentage of humanity off of the planet safely. Um, So it's about a year, maybe a little bit less, before this this event is forecasted to happen, and there are a bunch of teenagers and and kids who are touring the prototype of this fleet, um, which is the only completed ship at this stage, and um, the eruption happens sooner than expected. Um, And these kids are the only ones to make it off of the face of the Earth alive um, in this prototype ship. And so they have to grapple with the knowledge that they are um, essentially the only remaining humans, um, the only ones to escape alive, and that the legacy of humankind lies with them. Um, And will they be able to rebuild a functional society in this enclosed spaceship environment, or will they kind of begin to repeat the mistakes of of their parents back on Earth?
0: Um, yeah, that sounds great. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write alone out here?
1: Um, it's it's tough for me to recall because the the first germs of the idea came to me in sophomore year of college, which would have been twenty fourteen. So that was eight years ago now. Um, I think I remember making like an iPhone note to myself about a concept where a bunch of kids who I think my initial idea was that they were all, like, prodigies of different types who were, Mm -hmm. like, trapped together on this ship for some reason and and graded against each other. Um, But, yeah, parts of that fell by the wayside and were sort of replaced by this, like, post-apocalyptic
0: idea. Um, Well. Well, you mentioned earlier the Lord of the Flies comparison. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, is that something that you had in mind while you were writing it, or was it something that after you wrote it and started showing it to other people like your agent or editor that other people mm-hmm. noticed the 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 um the comparison?
1: I think, um, it was not there from the beginning. It wasn't like I set out to write mm-hmm. a Lord of the Flies in space. Um, but I definitely kind of realized it during during the writing process. I think, like, Anything that is interested in, um, you know, sort of like politics among an isolated group of, of kids or teenagers will pretty inevitably face the comparison. Um, so, yeah, I definitely sure. began to realize it pretty soon.
0: Sure. Well, what was your initial writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? If I'm not mistaken, you you had your first novel published while you were still in college what yeah. what got you started writing and and beyond that what got you actually submitting your work for publication
1: <laughs> yeah so i um i started very young um i was a very ambitious child um i wrote my first kind of novel length thing in i think it was freshman year of high school um and it was atrocious um but i worked very hard on it and i tried to revise it and i tried to go through all the steps and um I, you know, by freshman or sophomore year of high school, was submitting um, kind of query pitch letters to literary agents to to kind of test the waters. Um, by the end of high school, I could kind of put together a functional narrative at the least, um, and yeah. So so I started drafting my um, my first book, Seven Ways We Lie. I started the the earliest parts of that in, in senior year of high school, um, and wound up signing with my literary agent after, I think it's between freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, so yeah, I have just always been interested in traditional publication. I think the appeal in it to me is, um, having kind of, I don't know, input and feedback from more experienced people and people who, um, whose entire living it is to, to find, um, to, to find and polish books. Um, so yeah, I, I was very, from a very young age drawn to submit and to get rejected a million times. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know.
0: And and what was that rejection process like? I mean, obviously you, you, um, stuck with it, whereas, Mm. you know, there are, you know, people out there who, um, work on a manuscript and once it gets rejected they just can't you yeah. know um bear that and and yeah. um I'm just curious like have you thought about it you know what kind of kept you going in the face of of that rejection Yeah
1: I don't know I think um I've always kind of had the mindset that um negative feedback um is useful because it it like you know, obviously like a form rejection where you're not getting any feedback at all, that's, that's not going to be super useful to you. But if somebody even gives you like a shred of advice, then that gives you kind of perspective as to what's connecting or what's not connecting. Um, so I think like what drove me to keep going was not even just like the end of the road dream of having a book on a shelf, um, which as like a teen writer, I was just like obsessed with the idea. <laughs> um, but also like the the knowledge and the feeling that I was getting a lot better at writing with each subsequent project and like, you know, my first disastrous project I sent out and I got um, out of dozens and dozens and dozens of these pitch letters. I think I got maybe one or two requests to see more of the project um, and then to see that it is like a grueling process, but then to see that number shift over the course of multiple projects, I think I had pitched maybe four books by the end of high school, like to see each subsequent one getting more interest and getting more detailed feedback um, was like a concrete way for me to recognize that I was improving, Um, which, yeah, I think that sort of like semi-objective view (laughs) is really valuable to, I don't know, young writers, but also writers of any age.
0: Sure. Sure. Were were there deliberate things that you did to try to improve and to try to um, yeah. decipher feedback from these rejection letters?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. There definitely were. I think, so usually when I do like school visits or when I'm talking to, to, to young writers or teen writers, I'll get the question, what is your number one kind of piece of writing advice? And usually my answer to that question is to, distrust, like 95% of writing advice. Um, because as like a, as a young writer, I took a lot of that stuff to heart. Pretty much anything I found on the internet, I would be like, you know, okay, this person's an adult, so they must know better than me. And if they're saying that something is a rule of writing, then that's something that I need to take to heart and to apply to my writing. No passive voice, no adverbs, like, you know, sort of prescriptive advice like this. I (laughs) internalized very strongly. Um, And I think that's pretty damaging to a young person who's like trying to develop their own style. Like, I think it's better for a young person to just have a really weird style and then to, you know, dive deeper and deeper into their own particular quirks, interests, and weirdnesses than to try and make their work into kind of a one-size-fits-all style of writing. So like, your question um i think like yeah that was that was kind of what i tried to do to improve was to take in as much advice as possible um but it's a it's an approach that i would sort of question now um because Mm -hmm. it sort of subjugates the individual's like interests in favor of like a crowdsourced idea of what is correct or good sure Um, ohio ready for
0: some quick mental health facts let's go And I'm curious, did you ever take uh, I know that some some writers and novelists do this. Did you ever take a book that you really enjoyed as a reader and try to just kind of tear it apart, um so uh, to speak, uh, and try to figure out why it worked?
1: Hmm. Let's see. I think um I have not really, um, you know, I didn't major in in literature in mm-hmm. college. Um, I was an economics major. Um, and that's kind of, I think, the only uh, venue, like acad- academia would be the only venue in which I would pursue kind of a long written analysis of of a book in that way. Mm-hmm. I think most of my thoughts of my favorite books, I I could express them and I could discuss them with friends and do often, um, but they're not, those aren't like thoughts or feelings that I would write down for myself. Sure. Um, or yeah, try and try and list down in, in that way. Um,
0: well, well, what was your writing process when you were working on Alone Out Here? Are you mm-hmm. someone who outlines a novel extensively before you dive into the narrative?
1: Yeah, it depends. It depends. Um, certain projects, I will have a nice, uh, tidy outline. Um, for my second book, Noteworthy, I definitely had like, I mean, it was like, it was an eight-sequenced screenplay structure outline. It was extremely rigid. Um, but you know, that doesn't hold true for, for every project. Um, my third book I wrote non-chronologically, which was a disaster and I'll never do it again, but, uh, <laughs> it is, you know, an approach that I've taken. This one was a bit of an odd duck. I started it, as I said, in, in sophomore year of college, but then I, um, I shelved it after around a hundred or 150 pages. I was like, this is bad and, you know not cohering and also i'm in college and have a billion readings to do and don't have time so i sat it on the shelf and came back to it in 2017 um at which point i was like there's still a lot in this idea that that interests me um so yeah i then began to sort of fill in the gaps um because that first chunk of of um, writing from college was also sort of non-chronological. It was like these scattershot scenes that I had and ideas that I had. So in 2017, I was trying to string those together and form like a coherent book out of it. Um, and then I wound up doing pretty extensive edits um, after the book was bought by, by Hyperion as well. So this one did not really have um, a functional kind of outline um, prior to the writing of it. I sort of went in with vague ideas, discovered what was happening, and then had to rewrite from there. Um, but that is just how this one went. It's not like a regular
0: process. Sure. Well, have you started working on a new novel yet?
1: Yeah, I have. Um, I have one coming out next year. Um, with I'm actually co-writing it with my sister, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, so that'll be out next year from Abrams. Um, and I'm also... Uh, working on a couple of other sort of projects that don't really have a home yet um I have written in the young adult space so far but um you know as I get farther and farther from teenagehood and young adulthood <laughs> I'm yeah I'm reading less of that and so um I'm also interested in writing in new genres and the other project I'm kind of working on right now is a um like a, a dark nearly like horror adjacent um adult fantasy about monster hunting um so yeah
0: well that sounds good well uh, you mentioned earlier that your primary writing advice which is if i'm can um uh if i can recap is that to to <laughs> not pay attention to 95 percent of the writing advice i'm curious do, do you have other thoughts about writing that you would offer for mm-hmm. someone listening who is in the process of writing their own stories and novels
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, all of this is, uh, it, it, I feel like all of my advice sounds like it is so, um, like kind of self-centered in a way, like to be selfish about your own interests and your own time and, and what you would like to do. I think another thing I would say is to kind of ignore, um, ideas of what is popular in the climate and what is publishable in the climate, because like, you know, I remember I was on a panel with um a guy named Dan who co-wrote The Shape of Water with Guillermo del Toro. And it came from like an idea that he had had sort of, you know, alone in his room, and he had all of these strange ideas that he was so sure would only ever kind of interest him. Um, and it really stuck with me his description of like, you know going after his own interests because obviously that that story is such an unconventional one. And there's no reason that anyone would look at that sort of concept on paper and be like, this is going to connect with like millions upon millions of people worldwide. But you just can never know what's going to connect with people. And so I think writing to your own interests and tastes, um, whether that's like, you know, disregarding the sort of um Sometimes there can be sort of a publishing uh, industry, like, disdain between genres. Like, you Mm -hmm. might find that people in literary circles are like, oh, commercial fiction or genre fiction offers nothing. Like, if if you love genre fiction, then ignore those people. Or, like, if you write very strange literary fiction, then people in commercial genres might be like, yeah, no one reads your books. But, like, you know, ignore that as well. So, like, I think... Yeah, it's um. There's a Vladimir Nabokov quote which I'm going to mangle. I'm just going to paraphrase <laughs> it actually, but I think it's something along the lines of um, every day when a writer wakes up, they should aim to please one person, and that's the person they see in the mirror. Um, and I think that's great advice. Like I, I really think that you know, there should not be a desire to have kind of like sameness in your work when compared to other people's projects, which is like, I don't know. Obviously, like intertextuality is fun and interesting. And um, as somebody who was like inspired along the way by Lord of the Flies, it's, it's not like, you know, throw everything you've read out the window. Like, obviously you want to read and you want to develop your tastes and find your interests. But I think yeah, just just like f- focusing on your own course and not letting um potentially kind of uh, negative voices out there in the world steer you toward one path or another.
0: that's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I recently read a In Young Adult, I read a book called A Heart in a Body in the World by Deb Colletti, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, It is... Man, it's kind of a spoiler-sensitive book, but the the basic concept is that yeah, the main character, um, we see her in chapter one sort of um, coming out of a fast food restaurant, and then she begins to sort of run, just in no particular direction. Um, It's Clear that something kind of awful has happened to her in in the recent past and she's still processing it. And then slowly we see her coming to the realization that she's going to run across the entire country. Um, and layers of what drove her to this decision and what drove her to these feelings are sort of peeled away in a really satisfying way. Um, so yeah, and young adult, that's that. Um, I'm currently reading for the first time um The Haunting of Hill House, um, which I mean, it's amazing. Like, Shirley Jackson is a master. Um, And I recently reread the first two books in The Name of the Wind series by Patrick Rothfuss, um, which I hadn't read since kind of adolescence. And Mm -hmm. it was fun to come back to them and and reevaluate.
0: That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels?
1: Yeah. um, My website is RileyRedgate.com. Um, my Instagram is at Riley Redgate. Um, I have a Facebook that I update like once in two years, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's just facebook.com slash really Riley Redgate. Um, and that's probably the
0: the list. That's yeah. great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Riley Redgate, author of the new novel Alone Out Here. The novel is available now. So go buy a copy. And Riley, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thank you so much for having me again. It's been great.
0: Great. Thanks a lot. Sick of being upsold at gyms.